You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvicecoaching.com. And today I have an amazing reoccurring guest. He is Coach Eric, part of the Trip Advice Coaching team. And uh, I think it's been a few months since since we've done an episode together. So we thought it's time to to do one in the new year. And Eric always has a great topic to talk about and to discuss. Always something interesting. Things that I have questions for. So we're we're going to be talking about food today and some food science and and how that creates chemistry. Now before we go into that. Eric, I know that you're you're slammed and you're working with a bunch of of trip advice clients. Maybe you can share just some of the recent results that guys are getting in the program with you. Absolutely. In fact, I was just I was just messaging you guys about this, you and and kind of the team there. I just got off the phone with a client. He's had two sessions. I'm just going to say he he had sex after second session and he has multiple dates lined up. Now you don't always have sex after just two sessions. You know, it it takes longer and you're learning a new skill and a new science and you have to learn to apply that. But the point is it really unlocked his potential and he's just raving about it right now. The guy is just raving about how he could never do any of this on his own and all of a sudden we flipped a switch. Nice. Is this the client that starts with the letter M? Yes. Yeah. The one I was just messing about, just got off the phone with him and he just, he cannot believe like all these insights he never had before. What do you think was, I know there was a lot you guys probably talked about on your, on your calls, but what do you think was one insight that you can share with us or, or something that you told him that seemed to really have a large effect on getting those results? Yeah. You know what? And I think a lot of listeners are going to resonate with this theme too. Um, he's a little bit mixed up on you're you're not really you, he knows he's supposed to make moves and build chemistry but you got to be careful and the me too movement and kind of feminist and you don't want to be aggressive or make anyone feel uncomfortable he's really stuck in kind of that that duality of like okay I got to take some action but I shouldn't take action I I'm worried about her feelings and whatnot and so what's really what I've been focusing on it with him is kind of um Kind of like, I don't call it, I don't have an official name for it, but kind of like a method of checking in where you progressively build chemistry and make small increments in your moves. And then if for some reason that doesn't work for the girl, it's, it's easy enough to back out. It wasn't so deep, too big that it was offensive to her, but I've been teaching the concept about like how women do, do actually like being warmed up slowly. And that's something you can do if you're just unsure, you can make smaller moves and then you confirm that result. Did that work for her or not? Did she engage with it? Okay, let's go from there. So we've mostly been, I mean, you could probably guess since he had sex, we've mostly been talking about like the nonverbal aspects of chemistry building. I haven't even got into like, here's how you have good conversations and things like that yet. That's coming. But, That's yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, it's like the beginner stuff is happening later. That's uh, right. It, it, it depends on kind of what they're most excited about. And that's what he, where he wanted to start, what he wanted to learn and it's working for him. So fantastic. Well, great job uh, for all of you listening. If you want to have a chance to work with Eric or one of our coaches over here at trip advice, you can book a free call with my team over at tripadvicecoaching.com, And there you can 
book a call to learn more about how coaching works. We can diagnose your issues, see what's going on with you, and just give you a whole explanation of how we help you with meeting women in person, with online dating, with building sexual chemistry. And it's just, uh, it's a life-changing experience. And Eric has been, how many years have you been with TripAdvice now? Three? A little less than three. Yeah, just a little less than three. Yeah. Crazy. So getting guys amazing results. And Eric, uh, I don't thank you enough, but thank you because you do such a great job. Well, you're welcome, man. I appreciate that. Awesome. Well, I'll let you take it from here. What are we talking about? We're talking about food, chemistry. This is, is this a cooking class? What's, what are we talking about here? <laughs> no. Um, well, you can certainly cook on your dates, but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, and I don't know how I can make anyone good at cooking through a podcast. Honestly, that's something you really gotta, gotta practice on your own. So no, I don't have a cooking class. Um, but I've, again, I've been kind of just noticing people go on dates and, and it is entirely possible that they even ruin the date because they chose the wrong type of restaurant or at, at the very least, it was very difficult to talk with the girl to engage her to build chemistry because they chose the bad type of food. Okay, so I know that sounds absurd. It all does the same thing, right? Food, but no, actually, there's a whole science behind it. And I think one of the big things I notice with with our clients in general, I mean, men in general, everyone really is, they get really hung up on, okay, well, what are the words I'm supposed to say? What's that funny, flirty line I should say? How do you kiss the girl? What about the physical moves? Yeah, those are important, obviously, and we're going to talk about those a lot. But very few clients are thinking about another part of that that triad there, that chemistry triad. What about the environment? What about the situation? How did that influence your chemistry? And, and to exemplify how important that is, maybe you've had an experience where you went in a club to meet women and, and you felt great about it, but no one could hear you because the music was too loud. And that that just made it arduous and made it a lot more difficult, right? Simply an environmental factor like that. So that's what we're talking about with food today. Awesome. All right. I, I, I can't wait to hear. Let's continue. Awesome. Here's kind of how I want to start this. Let's just start basics and then I'll go over some, some principles, things you can consider. I think a, a big point of contention is where do you take a girl on a first date, a second date, and so forth? Our official answer is something simple, okay, a cocktail bar, something that's kind of not super invested. It should be light in nature, okay, go for a cocktail and an appetizer. If it's daytime, maybe go for coffee and pastry, and those are all fine. However, we get a lot of clients that have dietary restrictions. We get a lot of clients that aren't interested in drinking on a first date. I myself don't actually drink just because I don't like it. So I'm never going to go on a date to a cocktail bar. So you, you could say I've kind of mastered the art of doing dates that don't involve alcohol. Okay, what do we have for alternatives to those? Now, we, we kind of like to, officially, we discourage doing big dinner dates for a lot of reasons. It's more money out of your wallet, for one, and, and maybe that's not an effective strategy if you're dating a lot. Potentially, you've got something really heavy. You might be too far apart because at conventional dinner restaurants, the tables might be bigger as opposed to a cocktail lounge where you can sit close at the bar. So there's there's definitely some credence to be put into that. But with that being said, for those of us who don't drink, for those of us who just want alternatives, there is a way to do dinner dates or at least what we'll call food dates. I don't know if it's dinner in the conventional sense, but how can we incorporate food effectively into either a first or a second date or so forth? 
That's what we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk about like food types and options that actually can work for a date and also the ones that do not work. And Eric, have you tested this out yourself? I test it out literally every week, every time I go on a date, which happens on a, a weekly basis if I want it to. And yeah, all this is is tested out. But there's Are a certain you testing this with our clients as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's cool. again, this is one of those things no one really ever thinks about it. People just think, oh, we we got to eat, we go on a date, and that's just part of the date. But no one ever thinks, is this food enabling me to connect with this girl? Is it hindering that? Okay, and that's see when I hear this, I just think the first thing that comes to my mind is eating heavier foods versus lighter lighter foods and staying away from heavy foods. I'm sure it's not that simple, but that's what I would think of when it comes to what kind of food would would lend itself to creating a better connection. But why don't you tell us? Sure, sure. And you are correct. We're just gonna take it a step further though. I figure. Okay, okay let's do it. So I don't know if this is actually a word, but I use it with clients. I want clients to first and foremost aim for foods that are portionable. Okay. Also known as shareable, but Porsche, I say portionable because some foods, sometimes you just end up at a restaurant where it's not all finger foods, you know, just in that shareable kind of matter, but you're going to have to cut something or split something. You want it to be easy to portion. And, and why do you think that's true? Why do you think that is important to have foods that you share and, and have, what we call portionable. Why do we want them to be portionable? Well, portionable so you can share, right? Yes. And then sharing so you guys are having a shared experience. You can talk about the food. You can connect with the food. There's always something about doing an activity together. In this case, it would be sharing the same food, which would help create that connection between you two. Exactly correct. Just the fact that you have to share food pulls you in closer physically. Now you got to be next to each other. That's a great ah, thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. I didn't think about that aspect. That's good. So food, food itself can enable interaction and that's what the date's all about. Okay. So imagining you're three feet apart from her eating your own solo kind of dish there and she's doing the same versus sharing something where it forced you to sit next to one another. Okay. The latter is a much better situation. Um, especially when it comes time to, well, if you want to hold her hand or whisper something flirty or even kiss her, you need to be physically close because there's nothing more awkward when you're on the other side of the table and you guys are both feeling the chemistry and no one can act on it because you've got three feet of wood in your way. Nothing worse than that. It's just super awkward. You want to act, but, but you can't. Okay. So let's start by using portionable or shareable foods. Okay, if the if the food itself is not naturally in like bite-sized pieces, at least it ought to be easy to split and to serve. That's a lot of things, but it's not going to be things like a cheeseburger. Okay, and it's not going to be <laughs> Yeah, definitely not. Right. No, a cheeseburger, it's, it's always possible if you try hard enough, but it's not optimal, okay? And that cheeseburger, it the design of the cheeseburger requires you to take a giant bite out of it, a, literally a mouthful of food. That's how it's eaten. It's not something you can portion out into small sizes across your fork. Not really. Okay, so we're thinking about what foods are easily portionable. In general, heavy foods are not portionable. Sandwiches, burgers are not portionable. Steak is not that portionable. It, you can cut it up, but it's tough and it takes a little bit of work. 
And that's not really what you're going for. So, so let's talk about some naturally portionable foods, shareables or portionables. Sushi can work. Tapas can work. Trip, do you know what a meza platter is? No, but it's funny you said tapas because I was going to say that if you didn't say that. Uh, no, I never heard of that. Oh, um, well, hey, tell you what, Google an image of that really quickly. You'll get the idea pretty quick. Every, everyone listening to this, Google the word meza. That's M-E-Z-Z-E. Okay. I'm not sure if I'm even saying it right, but meza what, or meza. What kind of platter. food is this? Oh, interesting. This, it's like, uh, oh, almost looks like it could be like Mediterranean. Mediterranean, yeah, Mediterranean. or Middle Eastern. There are a lot of a lot of countries do meza. Yeah, artichoke, hummus, some vegetables, some feta cheese, olives. Some meats, yeah. Or charcuterie. Do you have that on your list? Charcuterie is on my list. Um yeah, charcuterie is naturally great. Adult snacking, that's what charcuterie is. And that's what you want. The adult lunchable. Yep. Yep. It's it's small portions and it's easy to nibble on or bite or consume without being a mouthful, without doing all the chewing. Now, steak and cheeseburgers, you can't do that. Okay, so No, you can. But Eric, uh-huh. I live in a place where the steak is great, the best cheeseburgers ever, someone might say. Third date, fourth date, when you're more comfortable. The initial goal here, when you're just meeting someone first date, second date, you're still trying to establish and build chemistry. So it's very important that you are able to comfortably talk and interact. And again, we never think about it, but all that chewing really hampers that effort. It really does. So I would say, look, steak's great. Take it for when you have a girlfriend or when you've been dating someone a little bit longer and you no longer need to focus on kind of the chemistry building element of that because you guys have already established it. You already know you like each other. I like okay, it. You can relax let's, a little more. But let's, yeah, let's use these first moments, first, second, third dates to generate that chemistry that's just not there yet. That's right. Okay, so it's very, the, the idea here is we want to interact with our date. We also want to make it easy to consume so that way we're not chewing a whole lot. I mean, go on two dates back to back, go one with the charcuterie board and then go one with the carne asada sandwich. And you will notice a difference. You will notice it is much harder to talk to your date in the latter. Okay. But otherwise we're kind of blind to it. We never really think about it. So those are some great go-to options. I'm a big fan for that reason. I'm a big fan of Mediterranean restaurants, Middle Eastern restaurants for dating because you can split a meza platter. And the funny thing about meza is it tends to be very economical too. You guys can share one. You've spent $17 and you, you still had extra on the plate after you both filled up. Not necessarily, but it tends to work out. I think a lot of conventional wisdom on dating is like, well, let's go, let's go for drinks. That way you're not putting out a whole bunch of money on food. Um, but these days I found alcohol to be equivalently expensive, if not more than some of these food options I'm going for. So we're, we're not doing anything fancy or expensive. And what date is this going to be on? This is going to be on second date, third date, first date? Um, first date or second date, it's it's a little bit subjective. If I had to, you know, if I had to put a kind of a blueprint to it, I would say first date you go for more of that simple situation, cocktail and an appetizer, and then second date you go for like a dinner. But yeah, the thing I agree. Is, yeah, I, I generally agree with that. But the thing is, if you don't drink like me, you're not going to do that cocktail option. Um, Unless you do a mocktail. You could do a mocktail. Yeah, that is an option. We have a lot of those where I live too. 
And at the same time, I also like just this is just me personally. I also feel like, man, this is such a waste of money. I don't need this mocktail, but at least the food is nourishing me and I'm full and I had to eat dinner anyway. Um, so I, I happen to think that's economical and uh, the mocktail cocktail option is great. Most people are going to get behind that, but they're, they're all alternatives. It is okay to have some foods on a first date as long as you choose the correct ones. Share a mezzo platter, maybe have the cocktail and then a mezzo or a different appetizer. Anything that's like an appetizer portion is generally going to be shareable and something that suits the first date well. I would be careful with like really greasy things, pub foods. They're not great for dating. Fried foods, yep. Grease will end up on your clothing. And and then it's hard to beard hold in your things. face and in your stomach. Yeah, all bad. Yeah. I for one, I I don't love like coffee dates, the idea of a coffee date, simply because I prefer to do the date at nighttime where it's more atmospheric. And so some sometimes you have to do a daytime thing. That's just the only time she's available because she works the night shift. And and that's okay. All right, that is okay. They're not my personal preference. But if I had the choice, instead of cocktails and coffee, this is just for me personally. I'm going to more aim for like foods for a dating experience. Okay, most other people are going to be fine with the cocktail option. But I got to tell you this. If you're, if you're going to do a cocktail date or similar on a first date, great idea. Always order some food to go with it. Always get an appetizer to share at the least. That is extremely important. I cannot tell you how many women come back from their mock dates. We got these mock daters who work for us and they say that was agonizing because I was starving and all he did was got me drunk on an empty stomach. And, you know, I just finished work and I, I just needed something in my stomach. And of course the guy never offered it. Right. So super important that you really put it out there. Hey, let's get some appetizers. Let's order this. Why don't we share this? I like it. Very good. Okay. So the first tip was, or is this all kind of the first tip? It's sharing a small plate of something. A port, what I call a portionable food. Okay. Charcuterie, mezza, those are optimal, but anything that's like an appetizer can work as long as it's not super chewy or super heavy or super greasy. That's the first tip. That's going to help create the interaction a little bit more. And it's also going to, um, Make sure you know you don't have to be doing a lot of chewing if you order the right foods here. So, and gentlemen, um, always remember chew with your mouth closed. I oh think yeah. it's easy to forget that if we are men who are spending a lot of time around men or live alone and we just don't think about that as much, and it becomes a habit, and then you're on a mm-hmm. date and you're not thinking about it, and it just looks really bad. It sure does. I mean, the date is over, honestly, <laughs> if, if, if you get caught doing that sometimes. Yeah, the date is over for sure. So so the second tip, I guess we can say the second tip is that if you're going to go out for a drink, which is a valid and popular first date option, I want you to really take the lead and say, hey, you know what? We need to order. We got to get one of these appetizers. I heard these are amazing. Let's split some food. Don't ask her, do you want something to eat? The reason why you got to kind of be the the dominant person here and direct this and just put it out there is because most women have an idea in the back of their head that you're probably going to offer to pay for this. It's a first date, or at least they're not sure. And out of politeness, they're not going to make a lot of demands like, oh, can I get this and this and this? Okay. Most of them are thinking about your wallet and they want to be courteous and respectful. And so if you just ask them, 
do you want something to eat? They actually may say like, oh, you know, I don't know. It, it's okay or whatever you yeah. want to do. So read their mind and just anticipate, assume that they're coming in hungry. Remember, they can always reject the idea if they're really full and they really don't want something. Yeah, they don't want to eat. Who cares? Then you have a couple bites. It's never going to hurt. But it would hurt if you, like you said, like you leave it up to them and it's kind of uncomfortable and just take the lead, do it, let them follow. I like that. That's right. You're going to command this thing, not in an aggressive manner. You will eat this. No, no, no. But more like, all right, here, I have an idea. I heard this place has you know, really fun charcuterie boards. Why don't we start there and we can eat or even order something else later on if we feel like we're still hungry. Okay. Just take the lead. It was your idea. And she's 99% of the time she says, yeah, that sounds awesome. Okay. She loves that. It reduced the stress because she doesn't have to think about her stomach. And if she's hungry, she doesn't have to think about making you uncomfortable because she's spending your money. Okay. So really take the lead and put that out there. It was your idea. It's a great suggestion for you to have brought up. Very good. I like it. You can also, I would say this, not to hit every single variation, but if she's like, oh, no, no, that's okay. You know, maybe she's just saying that because, I don't know, she might feel bad or she doesn't want to impose. Um, you know, this is again after you've taken the lead, like, hey, I'm going to order charcuterie. Bridge. No, no, that's fine. You'd say, no, no, you know, say, like, no, I'll, I'll get it if you're not hungry. Don't worry about it. I'm just a little hungry yeah. and you can always pick at it if you're, you know, if you're interested. You know, yeah, something then, like that, like get it anyways and say, oh, no worries. Like if, if you find yourself hungry, you can, you can have some and I'm just going to have a few bites. And, and once it's there, they have a way of kind of like, you know, deciding to pick at it all of a sudden. Oh, she's going to have some hundred percent, hundred percent. She'll, she'll have at least one bite of something. Definitely. So I want to talk about some other principles here. This is really about how to date, but it's about, it's, it's food. Okay, it all relates to food, and food is going to enable your ability to build chemistry or tension to execute a date effectively. So, so a couple of things we're going for here. Obviously, we want the portionable foods to share so you can sit close to one another so you don't have to choose so much. We want to make sure we're putting out the idea that, hey, we are, let's get some food to go with this. Do not ask her permission because she will likely say no out of being polite. We also want to talk about the concept of extending the date. And what that means is dragging, should I say drag? No, more like drawing out the date so it lasts longer. That's going to be important. And you can use food to do that. So the general sequence is something like this. You sit down, let's have her drink our appetizer, or, or why don't we split an appetizer? Why don't we start there? Or maybe even let's split an entree together. Women really love the idea of sharing things, honestly. Sometimes I say, okay, here's my idea. Let's split an entree and an appetizer and we can each pick. And, and women love that. It's exciting. They get to try more than one thing as opposed to just ordering one item. Okay, it's thrilling. It pulls in the interaction. But the thing is, when it comes to extending the date, make it last longer, later on in the date, you can say, hey, we're still a little hungry, aren't we? Why don't we do dessert? Or, you know what? We never got a drink, did we? Why don't we add that on? Okay, and what we're trying to do here is we're trying to enable this date to last for a couple hours as opposed to just one hour or 30 minutes because you ordered everything in one go and you ate it too fast. Okay, so like it. extending via food, and you're going to think about the way you order and the way you do food because of this concept. Okay, so think about ordering small bits at a time then calling over the waiter to add more later on. That's one thing you can do, and, and therefore we generally like lighter portions. Great to start with charcuterie or mezza. Add on a drink later, add on a dessert later, add on an entree later if you want to. 
It can also make both you and her more full too, as opposed to eating like one big meal at the start and now the date's over and that was expensive. But maybe you like hit that point a little earlier. Like, you know, we're getting a little full. I think we could do one more thing where we share, but at least you didn't have to spend a bunch of money on large entrees, right? Another thing you could do too is if you feel like you've tapped out that restaurant bar or wherever you are, you can mention going to another place and maybe yes. getting a drink somewhere else or a different type of drink somewhere else or a different type of food somewhere else. If you are having a good time, you're liking her. She's seeming to have a good time. And this is just another way to extend the date. And what's cool about that is if you go to another location, psychologically, it feels like you guys have actually spent even more time together. Yes, you read my mind. In fact, I I require my clients. I actually give for for those we're working on. I give them assignments. You have to create a list of venues of restaurants, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to require them to have a second location, something they can either walk to or that's an easy drive, for that purpose. There's some places you're going to go if you let's just say you start out with a cocktail and an appetizer. You're not going to make a date last for four hours just sitting in one spot. Sometimes you can, but it, sometimes it gets a little uncomfortable. And is forced. So a great way to break that up is to be like, hey, let's switch locations. Okay. And then everyone gets a little break. You go to the next location. Chances are you can walk there together, maybe hold hands, maybe drive there together, or even just meet in separate cars there. And when that happens, at least you feel like you're on a second date, more like you're acquainted with them now. So it's more comfortable and it extends the date time which is a great thing. The day doesn't have to end. You have more things you're unpacking and showing her. Okay. So I actually have my clients. I say, clients, you need to have a second location. You've got to have, I don't want to call it a backup because it's not backup, but secondary, something you can default to after you feel like you've had a comfortable experience at the first one, 90 minutes have gone by. Hey, let's go to that dessert place right down the street. It's really good. It is great for you to have a plan to have ideas and for women to perceive that they love that. Okay. You planned out this date. Leading. Yeah. Leading. leading. Yep. Huge. Yeah. Okay. So the extension, it, that comes from both you can change locations, as you talked about, Trip. It also comes from if you're crafting the way you order, just add things on one by one. Sometimes one location works. Some people live in a place where it's just going to be that one option and they, they don't have a ton around there, right? Without going far out of the way. And so that's okay. But then think about the way you're ordering food. Okay. Think about the way food is consumed and how quickly for that reason, one of the worst date food options would be ramen. Oh, terrible. It's so messy too. It's, it's messy for one. It's kind of heavy too, compared to say like, it's a little bit heavier of a, a soup and it's, it's delicious of course. But the problem with ramen is it doesn't take much for the kitchen to prepare it. Most of it's already prepared and therefore it's served very quickly and it's consumed very quickly. And you have a problem when you've planned a date and the dates that the food is consumed and it's over in 15 minutes and now you're just sitting there. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a problem. I'm going to avoid ramen restaurants for dates for that reason. And what I want instead is like order something smaller and lighter, then add on something else later, then add on something else, maybe that drink or that dessert. And that way you, you draw out the date a little bit more. And you're not just awkwardly sitting there talking without anything to kind of occupy yourself. Yeah, you can really think about too in your head, like what are the heavy foods? Like what foods make you feel heavy after? Just think about what you eat. 
Yes. What are those? Whatever those are, that's not where you're taking your first date. Right. That's or right. a second date or a third date or even fourth or fifth date. Like stay away from those heavy foods. Honestly, stay away from the, anything that's heavy or chewy. For this reason, steak is not a good date option. And um, fortunately, there's a lot of confusion on that because steak is the is the kind of go-to status food, isn't it? You go out for a steak, you can afford it. That girl deserves it. Take her out for a good steak. That comes later. The steak is chewy. It's It's hard to cut up. It's hard to portion. Believe it or not, it can have a very negative effect on your attraction if you buy her something too expensive for a date, trying to impress her with that. That can hurt badly. You'd be better doing a cheaper, simpler food or simpler experience. Exactly. The reason for that is because it was like you were bribing her. You took her out for the $100 five-course meal. Maybe you've got some confidence issues. That's what she's thinking. You had to buy her off. Okay, that's not the effect you want. So we're going to stay away from foods like ramen, steak. Some Italian food may work, but be aware of the mess factor and the expense factor. Again, we're trying not to make this too elaborate or expensive. Another one that people bring up a lot, ice cream is okay in theory, but you have to be really careful with that because there's, there's something about ice cream. It's kind of like the ultimate passive option for a date, kind of like you didn't know what else to do. I would say going out for ice cream and then going for walks. Not that there's anything wrong with going on a walk as part of a you know con- conjoined item on the date, but you don't want the principal activity to be, let's just go for a walk. That's like saying, I don't really know what else to do. I guess we can just walk and talk. Okay, that's Especially not if it's want. cold out, that's just not going to work. Right, right. And, and I happen to think ice cream is kind of like that too. Sometimes people just say, well, let's go grab ice cream because they don't know what else to do. I'm also a little bit, Worry about if you're on a date and there, you know, you go to the ice cream place and there's families and kids running around and screaming and and things like that. So you got to think about environments and atmosphere. Otherwise, ice cream is okay. It's just something about the way it, it comes across when people propose it. I've done ice cream dates before, but it's usually like we go to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we go get the appetizer, the drink, the coffee, whatever. And say, hey, why don't we go pop into that shop right down the street? Okay, so again, it, I think you can add it onto things, but be careful of that. I will also talk about the concept of balance. This is one that gets a lot of my clients at first as before they've had the coaching, that is the training. It is one of the worst things in the world when you're kind of ordering food and she, she picks what she wants. And then you kind of say, I'll just have something lighter just to drink. I'm fine. What, whatever you're doing on your date there, it needs to be balanced. The food needs to be balanced you're sharing an appetizer, you're, you're doing the same thing, you're mirroring what the other person is doing with food. It will feel very awkward to her. If she has to eat her big meal and then you're doing nothing and just sitting there and talking and you know, you're basically hyper-focused on her eating. Likewise, it can be kind of weird if you're the one doing all the eating and she wasn't that interested in ordering anything. Sometimes that happens. Maybe she is really full. Okay, well, that's why we can go down with like an appetizer portion. We can start it small and just add things on as we go. Right. Yeah, so it's very important that we have balance. It's very important that we have portionable foods, shareable foods, interactive foods. We want to interact via the food. Okay, it's very important we don't take her to someplace too expensive or fancy, thinking about items like steak that are actually going to hurt you for that reason, just by the cost factor alone. Okay, if you're trying to impress the girl, it hurts your attraction. It's needy. 
I'll also say another, another big principle here is that the, whatever you're doing, whether it's going out for a cocktail or restaurant, optimally you can have the restaurant experienced already. It's one of your favorite places as opposed to just like, this is kind of random. Let's, let's just go here. You know, it's there. It's convenient for both of us. Why don't we just try this place? Much better to be like, I've been to this restaurant. I really want to show you this. And also, you know it. That helps too. You know it. And it gives, it gives more the impression like you're really leading her on an experience. Now, if you do have to try a new restaurant and you just, sometimes that's not practical. Sometimes you don't know the restaurant, at least check it out online Find out what they're all about. Research the restaurant, vet it, look at the menu, make sure you understand. You should basically have an idea of the food and the menu before you go in. That also or reduces- just go. Just go alone, right? Check it out. You, Yeah, you can. You can just go alone. Every now and then I go on a date and the girl's coming from 40 minutes away and I it's from an odd corner of the city. And so I, I kind of end up halfway to meet her, right? And because that's the most reasonable thing I can do. Um, so I, I will sometimes end up at a restaurant I've never tried before. But I'm at least going to look at the menu. And, and when I come in, I want to be able to like, okay, this place has this. And this place is really famous for this. I've checked it out. Yeah, it's interesting because you can go a few ways with it. You can go the, oh, you got to come and check out this place. I've been here before. It's amazing. Or you can do the, hey, I've always wanted to check out this place. You should come check it out with me. I heard it's good. Yeah, either way, you're leading it, which is great. As, as long as it's being led like that. Um, exactly. I sometimes tell clients it's think of it as like when you're recommending a movie to a friend, you know, you saw that one movie and you're just like, okay, you've got to see this movie. I just saw this Godzilla minus one incredible epic. Okay. It's powerful. It's a lot more powerful than just like, maybe I'll go see that Godzilla movie. That's out. right. Wow. Eric's Eric's raving about this thing. He's really selling me on this and kind of inspiring me into it. Have you seen that yet? Trip? Which one? Godzilla minus one. It's in nope. theaters right now. One of the best films I've ever seen. Go check it out. Really? Yeah. No joke. It's it's not even. Well, I've about, never heard anyone say that about a Godzilla movie. It's not really about the monster. It's it's the social allegories and things like that. I'm not going to spoil it. Just go see it. You got to do it in theaters. Ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. All right, sold. Yeah, man. See, there you go. I just made a recommendation. So with, with the restaurant thing, it's way more powerful and inspiring your date to be like, Hey, look, this is one of my favorite places I've ever been to. I really want to show it to you. I like Girls it. love that. That's leading. Yep. Leading and confident in your choices. That's right. Okay. And that is better than why don't we just go to this place kind of at random shoulders shrugged. I don't know what it's about, but let's just go. Okay, much more powerful than that. I think um, what I'd like to leave the listeners with is, um, you know, you've heard a lot of the principles and hopefully this is kind of altering the way you do dates if you're listening to this and now you're thinking more intelligently about food. And it surprisingly, it actually does make a huge impact on how the date goes for all the aforementioned reasons and principles. Let's give a practical method for researching restaurants. My favorite way to do it is Google Maps. Just okay. look up the restaurant on Google Maps. And of course, it puts a location on it. So that can be useful in planning the date if you know where she's coming from, et cetera. The visually mapping, of course. You can then look at the photos. And, and for our purposes now, I'm not that concerned about the photos from like the website or from the owner of the restaurant. But I'm talking about the ones that people upload and post, 
which Google Maps and Google Reviews will let you access. So if you're not sure about the atmosphere, you can read the vibe section on that, on the photo page. If you're not sure if this food is going to work, you can you, forget about reading the menu. I mean, you can do that later, but just scan these photos and say, okay, do we have portionable, shareable foods? Or are they all heavy and chewy? You really get a good idea. It's a very quick way to research restaurants, at least have a, a strong concept of what they are. If you've never been to that restaurant and you're not familiar with it. The yeah, Google or if you can't method, go. What's that? Or if you can't go. Yeah, sometimes, again, you, it's just not practical to go check it out beforehand, right? And you got to plan a date. So Google Maps is my go-to method there. Yeah, it's all about the photos. That way you can, you know, I, I barely even read the reviews on those things, but I do look at the photos and I use my own insights to determine, I think this is going to work based on what I see. And you know what's going to happen too, Eric, is you're just going to end up going on a bunch of dates you're going to pick some places and then you're just going to be done. Like you're just going to know you'll never have to be searching again because you'll know all the main spots in your cities for what works for, for dates and what doesn't. And don't be afraid. I wonder what you think about this Eric. Don't be afraid to just repeat spots. You don't have to go to new spots every single time. The girl doesn't know, right? So she's a first right. dater. So you can continue to go back to the same spots, it, it shouldn't really matter. I, I basically have 10 restaurants that I recycle and use again and again. I could even have less than that, but um, it just, you have to have ideas for, you know, depending on where she's coming from, like which corner of the city. So that way it makes sense for her. But yeah, I basically used about 10 different restaurants and I can just repeat these again and again. And, and it's always a fun time. Okay, so you're right. And in fact, I would encourage anyone to keep a document on their computer. Like no joke, actually have a document about their preferred restaurants. And then you kind of already have the details about, okay, she's coming from the Northeast corner. Cool. I, I have restaurants for that section. I actually organize that on the document. It makes planning dates take a lot less time in, in the long run. It takes time at first. You got to research them, but then you have it on a document and you can just pop out those ideas really quickly. Awesome. What other last thoughts or tips for this process? To close this, I'll say this. When you're setting up a date, this is something we don't talk about very much and we really should. And, and men get a little mixed up because they're thinking like, well, I'm supposed to be dominant. I'm supposed to lead this whole thing and kind of just get to the point, schedule the date, what I say goes, et cetera. They maybe overthink this stuff a little bit. But one of the best things you can do, like when texting to set up a date, Obviously, get that scheduled. When are you free? Schedule time. Get it. Get it on paper, um, or on, on text rather. I oftentimes don't even have my my venue picked out yet. When I schedule the date, I prefer just to schedule a date first, and then I'm going to kind of consider, okay, where should I take her now? And I can always communicate that to her the location later. So, some things you should ask her. There's two really important questions I think we should always do once we have a date scheduled and confirmed. We should always ask, hey. Do you have any dietary restrictions? That's the first one. That's huge because that can save you from a lot of embarrassment if you pick a, a very poor quality restaurant in regards to her dietary restrictions. Last week, I went on a date with a girl who was dairy-free, gluten-free. You can bet that affected the venue I ended up choosing. I had to consider all that, right? Could you imagine how bad that would be if I took her out for pizza or Italian when she had that? And oh I my never- God, that'd be a disaster. The, the date's over. You never checked in with her. And, and honestly, out of politeness, she's probably just going to show up anyway and not really fuss about it because she she doesn't want to. 
but maybe she just ends up having a drink. Or, or she will, like and then you're stuck, and then you have to find something new, and then that's going right. to be a whole issue and just be annoying. All you had to do is just ask her, do you have any dietary restrictions? That's not that's not losing dominance by any means to check in with her. That's a very reasonable thing. In fact, that is dominance because it shows you're thinking about her and you're really planning this. And I've noticed that even when women I date don't have these dietary restrictions, I often get feedback. They say, no, I don't, but I love that you asked that. They are impressed that I was thinking about it. Because that's that's one question you should ask. The other one is, you should ask, hey, what, what part of the city are you coming from? What part of town do you live in? Okay, again, that's all about mapping and making sure she can actually meet you for the date. And if you just pick a restaurant and she lives out in suburbia and it was a two-hour commute through her for through like rush hour traffic, that's not going to do you any favors, even if she agrees and doesn't say anything about it. She shows up on that date. She's in a bad mood already. So when picking your restaurants, when picking food, ask those questions. Do you have any dietary restrictions? And then something along the lines of, by the way, what part of town are you coming from? I want to make sure I pick a place that's not inconvenient for you. She will love that. Guys, this is, this is just intelligence. Planning is a sign of intelligence. You're thinking about all the different angles. And intelligence is extremely attractive to women. They want to be with a man who's intelligent because he's a man who then can provide, right? So there is that primal attraction there to a man who's doing these little things. She's not going to think about it consciously. Wow, he planned. Therefore, I think he's smart. And I think that smart is going to be good because I need someone who can provide and help. And that's a leadership quality. None of this is happening consciously. It's all subconsciously. But what Eric is saying here is very important and it's going to help out a lot. All right. I think that about wraps it up. I I don't think I have anything more to spill right now. Um, That was a lot of information and science on food choice. Definitely. I think we um, covered a lot and it's just the thing no one thinks about when they're going out. They just, oh yeah, we're going to go to a restaurant because it's good. And they don't think about all the the little things, their little elements that build chemistry or at least enable it. Totally. I like it. And you know what? You just encouraged me to do uh, another episode. So the next episode you're going to hear is going to be a quickie episode on the podcast. It's also going to be about food, but it's specifically going to be about the food that you make for her and you when she comes over. So I will tease Great. with that. And I have, Eric, you, you should listen to it when it comes out. It's it's going to be awesome. It's gonna, I think it's going to be really helpful for you too when you have women over. And yeah, I'll, I'll give you my little technique and, and trick that you can use. So Eric, thank you so much. I appreciate you being here once again to give us all the, the nitty gritty granular and specific advice in areas that we don't think about That's why it's always fun talking to you and doing these episodes. If you want to work with Eric, if you want to get coached by him over here at TripAdvice, go to tripadvicecoaching.com and you can book a call with my team to chat with you for free on how coaching works and we can see if it's a good fit for you. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. And if it is, we will make sure that you get results. Eric, thanks again, man. You're welcome.